0: you are listening to episode 6 of the Take the Reins podcast with Nikki Porter. Welcome and thanks for stopping by. You're listening to Take the Reins, a weekly personal growth podcast for horse owners. If you're invested in becoming the best version of yourself in all your relationships, both human and equine, this is the spot for you through our conversations you will learn how to become a stronger communicator leader and deepen the connection you crave both in and out of the arena horses have an awful lot to teach us yet very little of it actually has to do with horses they reflect back to you who you are emotionally physically and energetically they are a mirror to your soul and it is time to take an honest look at who you are and who you want to become i can't wait to connect with you so here we go Hello, and happy holidays, everyone. To say that I am thrilled to be bringing you an interview with today's guest is an absolute understatement. Since I began my journey of growth and horses, I have had people tell me I need to connect with Barbara Schulte, and I could not agree more. I admire her work with people and their horses in and out of the arena, and her impact on our horse world is both inspiring and undeniable. Barbara Schulte is a professional cutting horse trainer, personal performance coach, author, clinician, and equine consultant. Barbara has been involved with horses her entire life, beginning in early childhood and continuing through college. She helped market and show many of her family's 500 head of horses. She competed in western pleasure, reining, horsemanship, and cutting. After high school, Barbara went on to gain a master's degree in speech pathology and audiology. In a few short years, she became an administrator at the Arizona State School for the Deaf and taught at the University of Arizona in Tucson, Arizona. In 1983, Barbara's love of horses led her back to the competitive arena where she embarked on a career as a professional horse trainer. In 1986, after reading Mental Toughness for Sports by Dr. James Layer of LGE Sports Science, Inc., she began to incorporate his training techniques into her own regime. After combining the performance-enhancing strategies of the Mentally Tough program with her own wealth of experience as a trainer, Barbara began to see remarkable results. She captured the 1988 N.C.H.A. Derby, the 1992 N.C.H.A. Super Stakes Classic, and the 1992 Augusta Futurity. She was the first woman to wear the crowns of all three championships. Horses and riders trained by Barbara have earned numerous national, regional, and championship titles throughout her career. In 1994, recognizing the powerful benefits of the Mentally Tough program, Schulte had a desire to share her knowledge about peak performance with other equestrians. She became certified as a personal performance coach by LGE and introduced the Mentally Tough program to riders of all disciplines. She conducted clinics and seminars throughout the United States, Canada, Australia, and Europe. In 1997, Barbara produced a three-part cutting video training series and products for all disciplines outlining mentally tough training information. In 1998, Barbara published her first book, Cutting, One Run at a Time, providing key fundamental information for amateur and non-professional cutters learning to ride and show cutting horses. In June of 1999, Barbara and her husband, Tom's son, Zane, was diagnosed with malignant fibrous histiocytoma, a form of bone cancer. In June of 2000, Zane passed on, leaving a legacy of inspiration that is evident in Barbara's writing and in her life. Also in 2000, Barbara was awarded the prestigious National Female Equestrian of the Year Award given by the American Quarter Horse Association in conjunction with the Women's Sports Foundation. This honor recognized outstanding performance and leadership in female equestrian. Candidates for the award spanned across all disciplines recognized by the American Quarter Horse Association. In December of 2007, Barbara published her second book, The Gift, which contains 72 personal performance articles she wrote over a six-year period as a monthly columnist for the American Quarter Horse Association's publication, The Journal. In 2008, she released The Gift in a six-CD audiobook and a workbook study format. In 2012, Barbara was inducted into the National Cowgirl Hall of Fame, one of the most prestigious honors possible for women's equestrians. She was honored for all of her outstanding career accomplishments. In 2016, Barbara was given the honor of being a judge at The Road to the Horse. Today, Barbara continues to train and show cutting horses at the same time she's expanding her education business by continually providing new online and live informational training for riders of all disciplines regarding mental and emotional skills. Barbara's training is highly energized with powerful messages, tips, and skills to help riders develop their full potential, perform under pressure, and overcome fear. They learn to ride, live, and compete with focus, fun, and high positive energy. Barbara and Tom reside in Brenham, Texas. They work side-by-side in all aspects of their education, coaching, and training businesses. I'm so thrilled to bring this interview to you today, so let's get rolling. Here is my interview with Barbara Schulte. Hi, Barbara. What an honor to be speaking with you today. Thank you for sharing your time with us. Nikki, thank you for having me. I was so
1: honored for you to call and it's my pleasure.
0: Well, thank you. To start our conversation off today, I would love for my listeners to hear about your own personal growth journey and who you believe your biggest
1: influences have been in and out of the arena. Well, it's interesting, uh, Nikki, because I don't think that when we're younger, by younger I mean in college or mm-hmm. whatever. At least for me, I didn't realize my I had such a natural passion for personal growth, the human spirit, if you will. Um, I just remember sitting next to a candle in in college and just kind of you know thinking you know what I wanted to do, how I wanted to do it, and I've just gravitated towards this natural passion I have to really understand how we can be all we can be as well as have, be joyful mm-hmm. and have meaning and then of course I'm passionate about horses and grew up on a on a farm they call them in the midwest in the states uh grew up on a farm with four to five hundred horses and wow so that was our family business and so horses have always been a part of my life, and I, you know, went through a time where I was just doing um, just more personal reading, and was just always attracted to to that sort of information. Mm. And then when I became, I'm going to skip way forward, and I became a professional horse trainer, cutting horse trainer in the late '80s, and I noticed that some people were consistently at the top. Of Mm -hmm. competition and they didn't always have the best horses and I wanted to I wanted to drink something that they were drinking (laughs) what cool is that (laughs) exactly and as fate would have it it led me to it was then called lge sports science and then now it's called the human performance institute and they train olympic and professional athletes how to perform under pressure as well as business executives Mm -hmm. so That began, that was in the late 80s, early 90s. That began my more formal, if you will, training. And I was certified to do that training of being able to call up your very best in any situation. I became certified to do that in about the mid, well, I guess beginning of the 90s. It's hard for me to remember exactly Mm -hmm. when it happened, but Anyway, I w- I was certified to do that in all equestrian disciplines and that really started me on a journey of doing that and have always had a parallel career of training horses along with this seeking information of or for and and also living my, living it myself and then and then teaching and sharing it with people. And I've really really loved that. And I really went for it with, you know, a great passion, especially mm-hmm. after being trained at, at HPI and that those are my initial products. I had a, a product early on called Menly Tough Training for Riders. Yes. And then over time, I I never stopped digging into that training and living that. And then also because I'm so connected with my website membership and the people who have trained with me in clinics and also through my books and that that sort of thing, you know, asking them you know what is it that both drives your passion you know with horses and builds your confidence as well as what are the things that are like enigmas that escape you? Mm-hmm. And so I learned that um, people one of their biggest things, two things always pop up one is how they get this anxiety about being around other people, doing things in front of other people. And then the other one is is being nervous. So then I dug into things. And, and so I'm really giving you a very long-winded,
0: Oh, that's, that's all right. That's what we're here
1: for. <laughs> <laughs> your To your question about my personal growth journey, the entire time I'm insatiably consuming information by authors or mm-hmm. you know, early on, I was listening to cassette tapes way back in the day. And, <laughs> and um, so my, the people who have really guided my journey or have been great mentors are Dr. Jim Lair. he's the original person that I was trained by at the, Human Performance Institute. Just love his heart, love his research. He really pioneered so much of sports psychology in, you know, all venues. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel Coyle is another person who I've really loved his book. More recently I really love Brene Brown. Those are some of the people in the non horse world. In the horse world, I really admire Warwick Schiller's more current work. I mean mm-hmm. not- that I didn't like his earlier work, but I love the direction that he's gone in. Me too, yeah. I admire Stacey Westfall a lot. Mm-hmm. And let's see, I know you, we talked about this the other day and I, and I wrote down and I, I've just in the horse world, it's been such an eclectic, I'm, I'm very, I really put my antenna up and am very clear about what resonates with me and what Mm -hmm. doesn't resonate with me. And I'm very accepting as long as it doesn't do harm to people Mm -hmm. or horses and um, integrate that into my own personal journey.
0: Now you've been involved with horses for a long time and you've been Around a lot of very influential and informed and educated horse men and women, do you feel like there's a little bit of a shift towards a more conscious horsemanship, or has it kind of been going along for quite some time, and it 's just maybe coming more to the forefront because of the internet and because of things like podcasts that that we're just a little bit more aware of it I
1: think it's been a progression mm-hmm. and at least from where I stand, you know early on when I was Beginning to do some of this work and starting to write articles like in the, in the early nineties. And then it was in the mid nineties when I first released some of my products and really began to develop it and do clinics just on this and, and have it be a big part of my cutting clinics as well. Mm -hmm. I felt a little bit like a lone wolf, not wolf, but a lone pioneer, Mm -hmm. except Um, at that time, I was very aware of the work of Jane Savoy because she was doing the very same thing in the horse world and in in the dressage world. She was, she was training and showing and coaching dressage riders. And also she was writing books that, that winning feeling and a big part of everything that she did was the sports psychology, if you will, part of it. Mm -hmm. I think that that has grown over time and there's more interest in it and more value given to it mainstream. It used Mm -hmm. to be, well, you know, it's all that Barbara Schulte stuff. And so (laughs) a big part of the work that I did was to not really convince, but to show how inseparable the mind, body and emotions are from like who you are in your joy personally, as well, of course, as with the horse. Mm-hmm. So now I think, especially with the work of Warwick of and more consciously, I think what I'm doing in just in the evolution of my work, it's very much about, you know, our, our it's not just about calming the emotions, although that's a big, big part of right. it mindfulness of it but it's also knowing that our, that each individual person's course journey is so has so much significance for that person and gifts and it's the richness of it and how we it's really up to us to have the courage and the belief to know that wherever we are in our life or whatever our interests are, do not have to be validated by anybody else. And that somehow in our lives that we are meant to go on on that route because those are the Mm -hmm. lessons that are there for us to learn. Mm -hmm. So a big part now of what I share with people is just this um, sense of connection to their own heart to their own purpose, to their own values, to their own goals, and finding both the courage to do that and also the peacefulness that when you check in with your own heart and you know that it something resonates with you personally, that that is what you are meant to do. Mm-hmm. And it's not really about convincing anybody else that what you're doing is okay nor is it seeking their approval unless you so desire you know we all need a support system so that's important but and Mm -hmm. in what I do I would think that I or I think that besides the personal performance training that I do that is very powerful work and so clear and and it helps people to calm their nerves and be able to really get grounded and connect with their horses. That that whole first piece I call it confidence within, that connection to your heart and really your your own personal mission and the joy of that, and the in the joy of it and the enjoyment of it, mm-hmm. and not feeling like you're never there, never enough. People love that and that whole energy you know, kind of vibe, if you will, within, mm-hmm. then kind of sets the tone for everything else. I think that in the different ways that different people do things, that that's really the direction. And I think as in all things, you know, training horses or baseball or anything, you know, it, things evolve. And it's interesting. I, I think the book is called Play the Ball Where the Monkey Drops It. Something like that It's about how place pockets all over the world without really actually ever communicating that much with each other, get on the same wavelength if you yes. will. and I really I just really love that, so yes, I think it is about this whole idea of working on on yourself. It's interesting to put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of it as discovering all of the you know magic seems like kind of a hokey word but it truly is magical mm-hmm. all of the gifts of the spirit and the the gifts of your own personal journey and then the impact on your horses mm-hmm. uh, horse, horses and horse life you know the, your relationships with others mm-hmm. who you spend your time with who you seek for trainers all of those sorts of things are very um i think certainly are following a a trend if you will. A path. Oh,
0: absolutely. I um I completely agree. It's funny every you know the whole time you're talking there's just light bulb light bulb light bulb and so many things connect. You said to check in with your heart and I remember the very first time I was prompted to check in with my heart and I had actually driven over to my sister's house, and I i was a high school drama and English teacher, and I had kind of had it in the back of my head that I was thinking of leaving teaching, but I hadn't allowed myself to speak it out loud at this point, and I drove over to my sister's house, and I was sitting down and going, oh, like, I have something to tell you. I'm not really sure if this is something I need to do, and then she had something that came up so whether she had to run down to the kitchen i think it was and when she left the room i had a live video pop up from a coach that i was following uh, named jennifer jade she's she's originally from british columbia and it was her whole live was talking about how to know when it's your heart talking versus your head talking and it was it's exactly what you were what you were describing and in that I, I watched the live it was like a 2 minute little video about the feeling and and being able to connect and figure out what it is and so i sat down and it was almost like this calm came over me and my sister came back up and i said i think i think i i'm, I'm going to leave teaching and pursue you know coaching and and writing and whatever else and and she uh, she understood But it was just that moment of sitting there in doubt and not really sure. And then the very first time I heard of Following Your Heart, and then knowing that I was on the right path. And it's funny because when you start to trust a little bit, it's like those little incidents, those little bits of encouragement seem to pop up kind of all along the path.
1: Yes, it becomes so extraordinary and so exciting. I just believe that all of our lives, you know, everybody's life is meant for this, you know, joy and and abundance. And by abundance, I mean, not just financially, but abundance Mm -hmm. in relationships. And that is, and I don't know how all of this works, you know, God, the divine, the universal. But I think that we each, have our own path of that and what gets in our ways is that we we kind of deny trusting our own heart and our own intuition and so we kind of make choices because we think we're supposed to or whatever and once we can get into this kind of calm mindfulness and really check in with ourselves and feel that you know, it can be anything from a calmness mm-hmm. to this incredible excitement. Mm-hmm. Then we we know that that's meant for us, and that's where the horses bring that out in us. If we, I mean, I think that's why a lot of people are attracted to horses, and they don't even know that's why they're attracted to. Oh,
0: to, I agree. Yeah,
1: know, to horses is because it horses allow us. Like when we just walk up to a horse, because of those of us who have the horse gene, we
0: mm-hmm. have
1: the love of this animal, it's just like we open, we just completely open our heart. We open up everything about ourselves and we feel this acceptance and this caring back in the most magnanimous but real but soft way. Mm-hmm. And we crave that. And so the horses really can teach us, you know, how to access that more. But anyway, I kind of went oh, on. That, no,
0: that's fantastic. I think that it's so interesting that you touch on that feeling of, you know, like what the, the horse can offer us. And we know when, and you say it's in our blood, because, you know, it, it really is. When you have that that passion for the horse and not that it's necessarily in us because it's been in our family because there's lots of people who aren't, but but most of the time it is, you know, that you just have that feeling that there's this draw towards the horses. I would love to be able to bring us back to when you talked about the stress and anxiety for people because i know a lot of clients that that i work with they know they have that draw to the horse they know what the horse has to offer them and what they desire in their relationship with their horse but when i ask what it is that is their biggest struggle the struggle really seems to be their inability to get through the anxiety and then they end up having an anxious horse and and the very thing that they crave a connection with is the very thing that's creating a stress in their lives i've yeah. been you know looking into that a lot i would love your opinion on or i guess your advice to our listeners on how if they're feeling that stress and anxiety around their horses, what you think that they should do in order to feel that soft connection again?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Well, a couple things are coming to mind, Nikki. Let's just take the situation first. I'm going to just paint a couple of different scenarios. Let's take the the situation first, where someone feels like they trust their riding skills pretty well. Mm -hmm. And then they they trust their horse. They, I mean, they're not afraid of their horse and they're not afraid that their horse is going to hurt them or something like that. Mm -hmm. But they, but they ride either with the trainer or they, you know, ride their horse at home and they're not really sure if they're doing the right thing or they Mm -hmm. go to a show and they feel anxiety and they Mm -hmm. feel nerves. So it's not really a matter of safety. Right. It's, a, it's a matter of, can I get the job done kind of thing? When, when I want to do it, am I doing the right thing? There, there's, there are so many reasons when people say the word fear mm-hmm. or nerves, there, there's, there are so many reasons why that fear and or those nerves come up. To me, when we, when we talk about, and this is the part that I really love so much that I've taught for so many years, no matter whether we feel like we are where we want to be with our skills or not, that approaching, like going to the barn and allowing everything to kind of, of the day and you know, whatever it is to just kind of go away. It sometimes takes some really conscious training of our mind and our body and our emotions. And so that we can just become mindful and present with the horse. And it's really acknowledging what that state is, which is which is a state of, of calmness and confidence and focus on your job. And then the ability to be very self-aware of how you're feeling whether it's like just bringing with you the anxiety and the worries of your job that day and you just can't really separate it so you're kind of keyed up to going to a clinic and you're going to ride in front of all these people Mm -hmm. and i don't know what your horse is going to do it's just acknowledging i am not i am not in a you know calm and focused state and that is what i want Mm -hmm. and having specific thinking tools like talking to yourself about what you want, using um, words. To talk to yourself like easy, soft. Reminding yourself to breathe. A lot of these things, you know, we're kind of doing a thumbnail here, but planning. You know, actually planning what your ride is going to look like, what your warm up is going to look like, what your your ritual is going to look. By look like, I mean, feel like also, so that you're constantly working to be in in anything from a state of of just of calmness and awareness mm-hmm. to a you know, a state of clarity and more energy to get ready to like to go into an arena to do a raining pattern or something. Mm-hmm. And so that's a very specific kind of nervousness that can be really pretty relatively easily trained to recognize your emotions and then return back to a state of calmness and clarity about your job Mm -hmm. through what you do with your mind and also what you do with your body, like Mm -hmm. breathing and your eyes and your posture, that sort of thing. Sometimes fear comes in when we know that we're not really in the right environment for like our horse has been out all winter Mm. and it's green to begin with and we're kind of green, but we think we should by now know what to do, but we really don't know what to do. And so we feel fearful and then maybe we are a green rider. And so if a horse emits behavior that we don't, want but we think we're going to calm them down by loosening the reins and petting them and you know right by releasing pressure Mm -hmm. which we have just like told them that's exactly what we want right there gets to be this whole kind of snowball and I and I so I think in answer to your question that I would take a little bit of time if I if someone came to me for coaching I would ask them a lot of questions about their fear Mm -hmm. And about their confidence in their horse and their confidence in their situation. And when does it come up? And then safety and also getting really world-class, by world-class, I mean, the very best instruction and study about horsemanship and about the horse Mm -hmm. is such a huge part. No amount of getting calm and focused can make up for not having, you know, whatever skills mm-hmm. the horse that are necessary for that horse for the job that you want to do. For sure. So it's a it's um it's a very multi dimensional process. Mm-hmm.
0: I think. Yes. Uh, oh, absolutely. I have one student in particular who I've been kind of guiding her. I'm just waiting for her to be really ready, and I think she's getting to the point now where she's ready to really. Take on I guess the work that comes along with the goal of Being able to work through her anxiety that comes up in the arena at home when we do lessons. It's very interesting. She uh, She almost does things before I can say them So as I'm watching her I'll go to say something and and she releases right as I'm going to say it she does these things where where I can see her natural talent and then when she goes into a competitive setting, both her anxiety and her horse's anxiety get triggered. So I'm a strong believer in that people will access information only when they're ready for it. I do yeah. think that she's about, she's about there. So I'm going to kind of push her in the direction of your work in hopes that it can help her. But I know just, just hearing you be able to say that it's possible, will be, it'll make an impact on her for sure.
1: Absolutely, Nikki. And it's not only possible, it's so attainable. Mm -hmm. It just takes some training. It's like, you know, nobody's going to pick me to go on Dancing with the Stars (laughs) and be with them, you know, like I can, you know, jump around in my living room with the best of them, some music, Mm -hmm. but I don't have any training, you know, in dance. I would need to be trained. And and when you talk about performer skills, and it sounds like in this case the 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 student that you're talking about, it's more about um I call it default. In other words, she's doing what she does with her horse in the way that naturally comes up for better or for worse, right? right. in terms of her connecting with her emotions and mm-hmm. ha- having a little more discipline and her thoughts and what she does with her body. Mm-hmm. And most of the people, this is the thing that I would like it to, you know, get off the tall buildings and yell. Most of the people don't know how to do it. They don't know the value of this and the simplicity of understanding mm-hmm that there's a very specific state of mind, body, and emotion that you can access with very specific tools. And that the kicker is that if you don't do that, that you'll always perform below your true level of talent and skill. Mm -hmm. So to me, that is when talking to people who don't really understand this work or perhaps with clients that you know like when I had a barn full of clients and some were interested in this and some weren't my sharing with them which is just absolute truth is that whether they realize it or not they they have a their very best level of of talent and skill is what it is on a certain day and to to reach that and be consistent with that, we must get into this state of calmness and clarity and focus mm-hmm. at will, no matter how we really feel if we're mad or angry or we're tired or whatever right. it is, we have to do it at will or we'll ride way below, and our horses just go cool if that's you know where like they'll go but this isn't the person I really know and love most of the time mm-hmm. at home. But if this is what we're doing, I'm following you. Mm-hmm. And so to have people understand that research shows that when we have elevated negative, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. nerve, love that word, but, you know, disempowering right. emotions, that we have a biochemistry of tension and mm-hmm. high brainwave, increased brainwave frequency, and narrow vision, and, you know, a scant or more scant heart rate and Mm -hmm. breathing. So our vision is narrow, we're clutching the reins, we're grabbing our horse by the sides, Mm -hmm. so that they, our horses, we can't perform. And so that to me is what's compelling about it, and makes it more black and white. It's like, it's fine not to do it, but you know, you kind of missing out on something that's a huge shortcut and it's fun. It's really, it's just the most awesome thing to get into this state of clarity and like nothing in the world exists, but you and your horse and your job and you Mm -hmm. feel so grounded and you feel so positive and you feel so connected to your horse you can smell everything you can feel your the reins in your hand you can feel your horse's sides you can feel your seat bones in the saddle you know like that's why we all ride and that's what this work does the performance part of the work does is allows us to access that no matter how we might really feel we can transform that so that we can enjoy can be our best and enjoy our ride and listen to our horse Connect mm-hmm. horse, very importantly.
0: I hate to use the word control. For some reason, I, I just have a little bit of a hang up on it. But at the same time, it's offering people the ability to understand that they are in control in those situations that, you know, when you feel those emotions rising up, that you have the ability to be a different way, to like be yeah. in your body in a different way. Yes, you
1: know, absolutely. Yeah. It, and it's a skill. It's a, I mean, if someone does, right, yeah, right, a, a, a dedicated learned skill. That's correct. Yes. So it's not like you think, well, you know, I'll listen to Barb and right. uh, like a great idea. I'm going to try that. And then if you don't really dig into understanding
0: mm-hmm.
1: what it is, how to do it, and then practice it. And it's a practice that exists forever. And Nikki, here's something I'd really like to have the opportunity to share, is that the best part of all of this is that it just naturally overflows into all of our, into our lives. And when, you know, I've been, I've been really studying this actively, you know, for 30 years. And when, you know, our son passed away, and I I hope you don't mind me talking about this. No, not at all. Sometimes people hear that and they go, you know, it's, it's hard or they don't feel comfortable, but I have a, a hopefully a, you know, a a healing message. Mm -hmm. It's just very, very hard. Of course, grief is a very difficult experience,
0: Mm -hmm. very
1: difficult. And because of my background with my parents you know I had these four to five hundred horses the kids showed them and then I went to college took a little break and then I went into training horses professionally I never really had that like hang out with your horse kind of thing I really loved horses but I didn't have these what I would call close relationships with them Mm -hmm. and then when our son passed away he was 16 from bone cancer when we and I knew so many things from my study at HPI mm-hmm. I understood that emotional trauma is the same as physical trauma it's just that interesting physical trauma you if you break your leg you are in on crutches and you you know, have a cast and everybody knows it, but Mm -hmm. when you have a mo and you have to have time to heal, like you can't go with a broken leg and just say, okay, I'm don't have a broken leg tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And when you have emotional trauma, the mind, the body, and our emotions are one, they're inseparable. So emotional trauma requires the same kind of healing which is still different from person to person, mm-hmm. but it's physical trauma. And, and I really knew that. And it was in that time that I gave myself the time to not feel like I had to like put a lot of energy out because I didn't have a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, what's interesting is that I was so attracted to the horses in a way that I had never experienced And all I wanted to do was go out and put my arms around a horse's neck and put my face into their fur and, and just be with them. And that experience. So there's always a gift in every very difficult experience. Mm -hmm. And that experience opened up. It's like, Barbara Schulte, where have you been your whole life up until this point and not really recognizing, but I mean, I wasn't hard on myself about it. I was just Mm -hmm. kind of in awe that there was this whole part of our experience with horses that had to do really with our heart and our soul Which which led me as I've gone along to realize that that's why we we all are basically with horses to begin with is that sense of connection. Mm -hmm. And anyway, I just wanted to share that about my journey, kind of circling back to your first question. You know, that's been a big part of my journey and a real awakening. And I think my ability to connect with a lot of people in addition to the performer skills, which is this ability to get calm and confident and clear and feel good and, Mm -hmm. you know, on demand at will, but also this, that's that confidence within that kind of checking in with your heart and then being okay about other people and all of that.
0: Mm -hmm. And then so interesting. And first of all, thank you for sharing that about your son. Um, And I am greatly sorry, but it's so empowering to know that the work that you are able to put in, and it's, it's lovely that it helps us in a competitive setting, but to know that that work then translates into a situation that I'm sure in moments, you would feel like you'll never be able to get to the other side of it. And then to know that on the other side of that grief, you can openly find joy.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and I think that, that we get stuck feeling like when we're in those moments that we'll never see that
1: joy again. Um, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And not. I- One of the things that really helped me was I have a strong belief and this is part of the the layer of confidence within or connecting with your heart is, you know, what what, what are each of our beliefs? And one of my beliefs that has served me well throughout my life, and I'm not really sure exactly where this came from, Mm -hmm. but um, is this belief that there's an equal to or greater gift that exists in every challenge, no matter how difficult the challenge and actually the bigger the challenge the bigger the gift not that it's a greater gift than a little gift but and you would think well you know how can you possibly say that about your son well I would Mm -hmm. never have chosen that of course but if we open ourselves up to you know what the gift can be or what we can learn or how it changes our experience Mm -hmm. then just that openness and that belief allows whatever it is that we are meant to learn and so that's what I was saying at the beginning is that we all have our own journeys and our courses you know even in when they're not sound or you know any of the big disappointments of a a big show or you know whatever there's always a gift if we allow it to be so we we're always kind of working on that underlying kind of peacefulness, openness, Mm -hmm. personal values. And at the same time, we're seeking great instruction. Mm -hmm. We're working on channeling, transforming our emotions when we're, you know, to be highly positive in times Mm -hmm. when we want to perform well. And so I just really love what I do. (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, and it definitely shows. I'm curious to know if you speak a lot or teach about intuition at all within this because I know a lot of times, and I felt this especially going into my own personal growth journey, that I almost got panicked about needing to know all of the things. So I had to just read all the books and listen to all the audio books and watch all the videos. and, And then it became overwhelming in a sense. And then I had to begin to just trust that some of the things I knew for myself already... And that allowed me to kind of gain confidence again back on my path. I felt like I was kind of like being knocked back down and my confidence would get knocked down and I'd go into this panic, need to learn, need to learn. And then I would start to trust again in my own knowing. And then it, it was it's a little bit of a cycle. Do you deal with intuition at all?
1: Yes, absolutely. Well, there are a couple things that or there are many things that you've said that are right on. Mm-hmm. Um, one is intuition. You know, my experience of it is in a number of ways, and it's and I love it because I think it's like the surprises kind of that mm-hmm. we experience. You know, that an idea will pop up, or a person will call, or you'll meet someone, or mm-hmm. a book will show up, or something. Um, But also when those ideas or those things that come from the inside of you to know that they are the things that I, this is a personal knowing for Mm -hmm. me, that those are the things that are meant for me in this moment. Mm -hmm. And also regarding intuition, it's listening within like let's say we don't know what to do, you know I like uh, should I go to this horse show, Should I not go mm-hmm. to that horse show? Should I buy this horse? Should I not buy that horse go to whatever trainer? Mm-hmm. If we can just get still mm-hmm. and that is you know another part of the work that really getting still, and then we kind of ask ourselves you know like we think of an of one of the solutions or one of the directions, if we pay attention most of the time you know it's not that somebody's going to walk in the room with a neon sign and give you the answer but you'll will get a feeling of it could be anything from calmness to like that's it mm-hmm. it could be anywhere in that realm and sometimes if when i do that and i, and I still don't know then i tell myself to trust mm-hmm. that i'll know soon Mm-hmm. You know that might soon might be in the next five minutes, or it might right. be two weeks. But it's that trust of the journey. And here's the big thing, Nikki. This is a big thing to me. We're so conditioned to think that you know we're like where we are is incomplete, mm-hmm. and that if we just get to the next thing, mm-hmm. or if we read the next book, or we if we do this or that, and forever in our lives, there will always be the things that we've experienced and that we've learned. And there'll always be this great abundance that we might experience and maybe we won't live long enough to experience it. Mm -hmm. But that trust in the moment and checking in and with your intuition and with how you feel about something. And if you don't know to trust just allows us to live each day Mm -hmm. in each morning, whatever, in this sense of gratitude and to see what is the awesomeness of this moment because it just is always, will always be that there's more to learn or more to discover Mm -hmm. and but it doesn't mean that there's no place we can ever get where that won't be. So the real joy and the real true meaningfulness is in the moment, both in the obvious things and in the, and in the challenges.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's all in the journey. It's, um, I'm, I'm definitely learning that more in the last few years where I'm acknowledging that it's the journey itself that I'm looking to be in. Not the, not the end result where, and I don't know, sometimes I feel like there doesn't even have to be a picture of the end result, just Mm -hmm. more of a, of, of, you know, guidelines that, you know, you feel like, I think Borwick said the word flow. Um, You know, you feel like you're right in flow with things and then you just trust that you're on the right path. And, and then you don't necessarily need to have this driven picture of where you need to get to. Um, Mm -hmm. I love that you speak about that because, I find it happens a lot, not only in the horse world, but um, especially just in daily lives. I'm not married yet. Oh, I should be married. I'm not sure if I, you know, I haven't had kids yet. I I need to have kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And you set these goals and guidelines that maybe they don't even feel right. I know I see it a lot in young people, in young couples who they feel like they, need to speak about marriage or they want to get married. And then when they actually make the commitment to get married, you hear them start to backpedal and go, I'm not sure if I even, if I even want to, Um, Mm -hmm. but there's so much pressure to do what other people feel is, is right for them.
1: Yes, absolutely. We could talk for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. The whole way that I view goals or that I, you know, I initially learned this at HPI and then over time have really, you know, come to enjoy it. And, and that is and the thumbnail is that you set a goal that at the moment excites, mm-hmm. excites you or excites me. I mean, like it's genuinely excites me. It's not something that I think I'm supposed to do or whatever. Right. It's like if I had a magic wand and I could do this, mm-hmm. I would just be, that would be great. Right. And then once that goal is set, then what you do is you kind of put it to the side because you have no control if, right. that, if that will happen. Mm-hmm. Then you just set these tiny little things where you take action that are the steps to take you towards that goal. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you keep going and sometimes it morphs and you don't want to, or it takes you on a different path. And you know, that's that flow idea Mm is so you you're always one of the things about setting a goal if it's if it has true fire and passion in it it gets you going Mm -hmm. it's the small steps along the way and that each step is really enough Mm -hmm. You know, we don't have to reach whatever that goal is Mm -hmm. to have joy. It's not like that's nirvana. This is nirvana. This step is nirvana. Mm -hmm. But sometimes without the goal or the purpose that lights our fire, Mm. sometimes people get, or we can get kind of like, well, what am I doing? And Mm -hmm. so I think there's such a fine line Mm -hmm. of, of passion and action Mm -hmm. but with openness to what unfolds because you know if you if anybody listening thinks back to a year ago at this time so many things we would never have guessed Mm -hmm. and we can see how much we've Improved in our riding, or in our knowledge of horses, or whatever it is.
0: Mm-hmm. It's interesting when you when you speak of action. I love the actionable steps to kind of take us along the path of where we want to go. So, you know, you have people who say, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that!" Or, "How did you do that?" And really, it comes down to those small actionable steps. But at the same time, when I'm teaching about working through worried thoughts and anxiety, I like to talk about being able to take action there as well. So when a worried thought comes up, instead of really sitting in that worry and kind of embracing it and claiming it as your own, you go, oh, this is just a sign that I need to take action in some sort of way. So whether that be, I'm worried because I just got this text message from someone and it sounds like their tone is off. Oh my gosh, are they are they mad at me? Or
1: uh-huh.
0: you know something like that where where something prompts the mind to race a little bit, and then I'll kind of encourage and say, well, when that happens, take a step in in a direction that will then ease that worry sooner. So. Don't claim it as your own. Message them or call them and try to solve the issue, even if it takes five minutes out of your day, because that worry is going to take away probably five hours of joy from you versus having that five minutes of actionable, maybe a little heightened stress because you're unsure of the, of how it's, the situa- situation is going to pan out. But mm-hmm. that's, that's somewhere when I really think of action that I really encourage people to step into and say, like, how do I
1: take control of this? Mm -hmm. That's good, Nikki. I like that. And a lot. That's great. And another little tool for that, and sometimes if, you know, we're in the middle of writing or we, Mm -hmm. you know, we can't really take that moment at that time, I like to do a little visualization where Mm. you take the worry and you just say, you know what, I'm not denying that, this exists Mm -hmm. that I'm going to tend to it. But right now I'm going to take this, this little bundle and I'm going to put it over here in this box, my Mm -hmm. imaginary box and I'm closing the lid and I'm setting it on the counter. Mm -hmm. When I'm done with this ride and when I have the time to kind of get quiet and think about how I want to respond or Mm -hmm. what I want to do with this Mm -hmm then I will, but for, and so that's really helpful. It's like, I'm not pretending it's not there. I'm just saying like right now, I'm going to stay with my horse.
0: Yeah, that's a fantastic tool because it really gives people the time that they need to be able to have the space in between the initial trigger and Mm -hmm. then their response versus a reaction. I really like that. Yeah, good. So we kind of touched on, I, I have questions there, but we've touched on pretty much The majority of my questions just kind of through our conversation, which is fantastic. So, I'm going to read a response that you wrote to me because it was beautiful and it resonated with me so well. So, I asked you, What is the greatest lesson working with horses has taught you? To which you responded, That we all want to be loved and accepted for who we are without any fear of being judged or rejected that it is desire to be authentic within ourselves and to share caring and acceptance is what drives us all. When it's just ourselves with a horse, privately in the barn or arena or pasture, we let down. We can be totally ourselves and be filled by the quiet love and strength. It fills us up. I just love that response and it shows the gift that horses are able to give us. And when I see people working with their horse and they have fear guiding them through their responses with horses versus that letting down and calmness, I really feel like that's what's driving me to have these conversations with people like you who really understand and, and want to promote the whole
1: gift that we get with horses. Yes. You know, Nikki, I think that the, the, you know, I teach a course called core confidence and I, you know, one of the premises of it is that when we approach a horse or approach riding or approach that day that we are that you know, segment that we train ourselves to take the time. And initially it takes more time because it's a trained and conditioned skill, but we take the time to do You utilize some of the thinking in the, and they're called acting tools or physical tools like the breathing and mm-hmm. the eyes up and the posture. But we have a routine, a ritual Different people don't like certain words, but we have a, a systematic way that we develop over time that becomes more and more succinct mm-hmm. that, because it gets conditioned, that brings us back to calmness. And then from that state, which we feel it on the inside, you actually feel it on in your abdomen. And from that state, then we can maybe observe our, our feelings. If we're like, we might notice a horse is really too fresh to mm. get on right it's in the middle of winter and they're looking at the fence i mean that's pretty obvious but but we can tune in to the horse mm-hmm. we can tune in to ourselves and then we can make this state of mind body, and emotion such a priority that it allows us to make with to respond instead of react to situations know when you know we need help for something know when something's not safe and be courageous and you know knowing that we know what we're doing we practice it a million times and mm-hmm. we're going to breathe and want to talk to ourselves you know whatever it is but to develop that ability to condition it and make it a priority that we mindfully approach our time with horses mm-hmm. instead of just getting out of the car to get our horse and again getting on and mm-hmm. we're nervous and it's just such a completely different way to approach it which opens up our capability of a whole world mm-hmm. of experiencing ourselves and our horses mm-hmm. and that is what I think is the you know that kind of the essence of the beauty whether You just walk out in the field like I did when I was, you know, so sad Mm -hmm. about Zane, or you walk down to ride in a, you know, world championship, and it's just you and your horse, and you're saying, you know what? We've got this and mm-hmm. I, this is you and me, baby. And this is our job and we're going to go give it our best and let the chips fall. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it, that whole mind a set and emotion and openness has to be conditioned, mm-hmm. but it's really accesses the richness mm-hmm. of our horse journeys. If, we do it. And if we, yeah. you know, if we find value in that.
0: So powerful. And you say that the core confidence, I believe you You told me that it's relaunching in January.
1: Yes. Okay. So I just, it really is the culmination. Well, a culmination. I don't know. I was just thinking when I said that, where I don't want it to be like the final, <laughs> but it, it's, it's the, the summary to date, mm-hmm. the synthesis. Of many of the courses and the things that I have done, Mm -hmm. Um, we've touched on a lot of it here and I spent about three years developing it and then this past year launched it for the first time launched it in the summer. Mm -hmm. and with just incredible results for the people and, and, you know, a sharing of a community. And of course, you know, I love the whole experience too. Mm -hmm. And so the reason I do it that way is it's like a college course and it kind of, it opens and then it closes and it's a coaching program in that, you know, it's with the with the group but it's you know information is released and then there's a coaching session and you know and there's exercises but I'm with the students every step of the way and that is very I don't know if that's to a fault because (laughs) uh, not many programs that I know do that but I am very committed to the experience of the, of my students so i do a free workshop and that will be happening like things go as i'm hoping about the 7th of january okay and so that will be there'll be four videos and and just from that information alone it's really big to to get a lot of the fundamentals okay and our listeners, they can
0: find information on all of your offerings and cor- courses at com. correct?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. The best thing to do is there's a the a box, a kind of an orange sign up box. Yes. That, and then every week I do a, a you know a free video and oh, nice. uh, after, as soon as we're done with this, I'm getting ready to go out and shoot the video of my horses. Okay. So, um anyway, okay, there's lots of tremendous amount of free information, as okay well.
0: and you do um, partnerships with with Sandy Collier as well collier yes Collier mm-hmm. Collier, collier. I, I've always said Collier, oh, I'm so glad that you corrected me on that that's okay,
1: that's a good French way to say it, right
0: <laughs> yeah. i I'm personally not French, but I have a lot of French friends. i'll just blame them for my for their influence on me. Um, And you do the high-performance clinics
1: together. Mm -hmm, I do. And that's really fun because that's in the whole cutting horse, rain cow horse venue. Mm -hmm. Sandy is the first and only woman that has ever won the Bit Purity. She's really an incredible woman and so much knowledge. And Mm -hmm. we have a lot of fun doing those. And then Mm -hmm. I I also do um, retreats throughout the year. I do three. Two of them are with Julie Goodnight. Okay. I don't know if you know who she is. I,
0: I do recognize the name, but I, I don't remember I, I don't know where I've seen her name, but I know that I
1: have. She's a horsemanship person, you know well known, has her own TV show.
0: Oh, that's I would
1: say it's probably off of either RFD TV or yes, I believe on. is where I would have seen her. yes. And we do a uh, kind of a, a relaxation rejuvenation, horsemanship retreat
0: in the mm-hmm.
1: mountains of colorado just just west of rocky mountain national park in the spring for women and then we have a new one coming up in the fall for couples oh so wow I, i'm really really excited about that and then i also do a retreat in moab utah in the fall which is just absolutely spectacular it's by um arches national park at, okay. a, at a ranch and we have a great fun trail ride a lot of personal growth. And so anyway, I I have the opportunity to partner on some live events with really powerful women. And Mm -hmm. I really count that as a blessing.
0: Oh, absolutely. I love retreats. My last retreat, I was in Costa Rica and to think that I could bring that sort of experience into an experience with horses as well. Sounds absolutely incredible. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So
0: that's, and that's all that will, is it already on your website or will that be posted at some time?
1: It will be posted. Okay. Perfect. It will, well, Julie's is already there. Okay. The Great. one in, in Moab, I think digs a little bit deeper in the personal okay. growth area. So. Okay. Great. But It's in the fall. It's in like mid November. It will be there soon.
0: Okay. So. Fantastic. Well, thanks again, Barbara. It truly has been an honor. And I wish you a very happy holidays and a happy thank new year. you. And thank all you. the best in 2020. And
1: I feel like we'll probably connect again sometime. I would love that. And thank you so much for having me. What um, a delight it has been um, to be with you and your listeners. And you keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you. All right. You have a great day. Okay. Okay. Can- bye now.
0: That's it for today. Thank you for choosing to spend your time with me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave a review and share it with your friends. To learn more about me and what else I have on the go, skip on over to NikkiPorter.ca. Thanks again for listening. And we'll connect again next week. Until then, remember, you have the power to take the reins and live the life you've always wanted. You just have to step into the arena with an open heart and an open mind.